Blog Talk Radio. I hope you're tucked in. Because you are now in bed with Dr. Sooners. Good evening, everyone. If you're listening to this at another time, I guess I should say good day. Hopefully this finds you happy and well. Tonight's show is on a very, I suppose you could call it, trendy topic right now. But let's not forget that this is people's lives we're talking about here. I want to take you guys through, you know, basically from square one. You've never heard of transgender. You don't know what the heck it is. So we're going to start from the ground up so that you don't have any misinformation. Being transgender is so much more than what bathroom to use. And the fact that this has become an issue shows you how incredibly backwards we've become as a society. Mind you, we've stopped moving forwards decades ago and have since at best been sidestepping or moving sideways, certainly not forward. Let's remember when it comes to this bathroom issue, which we'll discuss more about later, that when Rosa Parks refused to move to the back of the bus, the issue wasn't about the damn bus ride. The issue about bathrooms has nothing to do with who's taking a crap in the stall next to you. It's about the repression of liberty of choosing to live your life as you see fit without fear and damnation, if not worse. Like, So imagine yourself as the child you once were. So think back, go back in time, to a holiday. Now, it could be Easter, might be Christmas or a birthday or something, some holiday where you would get dressed up. And your mom would put you in some pretty dress or a real handsome suit. And instead of standing in front of the mirror and thinking, you know, I look pretty fly for a little kid, you look in the mirror and what stands in front of you is a kid you don't even recognize. Instead of being excited to be dressed up for whatever the occasion is, you feel like you're wearing someone else's skin. Like you're the only one in a very freaky play. As much as you know you should love how you look and what you're wearing, because that's what everyone around you tells you you should wear, it just isn't you. So now imagine yourself right now as the man or the woman that you are, and I come to you and say, sorry, we, the collective societal we, have decided that we're not comfortable with you being the sex that you are anymore. So from now on, in order for us to feel better about our lives, you now have to live your life as the opposite sex of what you are. So gentlemen, you know, go Grab the car keys. We're off to Victoria's Secret. You need to start picking out some new lingerie. And don't forget the stilettos. And ladies, um, best get used to no makeup, perfume, pretty dresses, and shoes. 
It's all drab suits, dockers, and wife beaters from now on. And get to working on that beard while you're at it, honey. Now, obviously, this is a simplistic view of what it's like to be transgender, to be someone else on the inside, despite what your body says on the outside. I use this analogy a lot when I'm talking to clients about different subjects, but it all still correlates to the same thing. Imagine demanding that a dog behave and be a cat. That's what you're demanding when you don't allow someone to live who they are genuinely. But that's what society is doing to transgender people. I don't care what you feel like on the inside. It's your outside bits that are what I go by, and we all know that I'm all that matters. Love the extreme right. So tonight I have questions for you guys. For example, if you're a transgender, if you've been discriminated against or have been the victim of a hate crime, definitely give us a call. We want to hear your story. 657-383-0749. Also, what do you think of this ridiculous bill, this bill that was put through in North Carolina, but similar bills have now been passed in other states? Definitely give us a call. Number again, 657-383-0749. My guest tonight is the magical Sadie Sin, a woman who knows her power and is living her proof. She doesn't speak on behalf of the entire transgender community, but she does speak on behalf of herself and the issues she's had to deal with as not only a transgender woman, but a transgender dom. Welcome to the show, Sadie. Thank you for having me. Let's start off, because like I was saying before, we're we're going ground up. Let's learn. We're complete stupid idiots. We don't know anything. So I think it's always really good to start with statistics, because I want people to know what some of the things are that you guys are dealing with. So I know you've got some, I've got some, we might as well just batter them back and forth and see what we get because we've probably got some stuff that's duplicated. And here's the oh, thing. This is there's... What was, it, it, there's some, what I found even more interesting was the fact that the statistics themselves, especially when you get into crime and hate crime, you can't even trust those statistics because a lot of the jurisdictions are not actually reporting them as hate crimes. They're just like, oh, no, we don't have any hate crimes, and they just put down zero when we know that there have been hate crimes in those jurisdictions. So that in and of itself is disgusting. I mean, you can't even get some decent statistics. No, it's when you, especially when you start looking at it, most of the statistics are they're all over the place, so it's hard to tell what's reliable, especially with the amount of people that aren't out as trans, there are, are heavily closeted, um, skewed statistics too. So it's it's hard to find good numbers. Um, I saw variances, like in the HIV reports, there was variances of some claiming 30%, with one claiming as high as like 55% amongst the wow. uh, African American trans woman community. Um, well, I and on that I, note, African American African American trans women 
are they are what more likely to one commit suicide. Correct. It's just a higher. Um, it's it's coming in at a higher rate. It's coming in at a higher rate that they end up in the sex trade. Yes, thirty-nine percent of African American trans women um, have been or are sex workers. Thirty um, percent of Hispanic women, uh, and then six percent of Caucasian trans women. Um, so the same thing, either are or have been sex workers. So there's a huge difference in the communities. Unbelievable. And and 41% of all transgender persons have tried to commit suicide. And when you compare that, when you look at general population, general population is 1.6%. Exactly. Look at that. That's unbelievable. Um. The Trans Lifeline is reporting since HB2 passed that their call volume, which is specifically for trans people, has doubled. Mm -hmm. And that's a suicide support line. And that's strictly suicide support. Exactly. Wow. Now, what else have we got? Like, okay, here's something. Transgender reassignment typically costs 15000 Roughly, more than that. I'm quite sure it's more than that by now, because I'm sure this is an old number. That's one, if you're even going to get reassignment, because I think that's a big issue as well. People think instantly transgender equals you no longer have the genitals you were born with, and that's not true. No, it's a spectrum. There's people on all mixes of the spectrum. I mean, I I eventually want to get gender confirmation surgery, Um, I think if you don't have insurance, if you get in the U.S., I think the cost is around thirty grand now, um, depending on the doctor and situation, of course. But um, it, it's Obamacare. A lot of the people that had plans that Obamacare may go away were plans that didn't have uh, trans health care in them. And that's one of the reasons they had to go the way go away. So one of the things Obamacare has actually done is like. My hormones are covered by insurance, and gender confirmation surgery is covered by insurance. Oh, it is? But there's still a whole slew of other things that aren't. I mean, I could easily spend over $100,000 on the other stuff between different plastic surgeries and um, hair removal and all the other, like, little shit. Well, and I'm also thinking, I mean, we've got a statistic right here saying unemployment is at twice the rate of the general population and four times as likely to live in poverty with a household income of 10000 or less, which also leads to sex trade work and then more violence. Then you've got transgender people are more likely to have been homeless at some point in their lives. Who the hell can afford this all this surgery? Caitlin Jenner. Which means, and I think that's where I don't think it's fair with the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing because, sure, it's easy for her to, you know, oh, hey, I've decided to, you know, live my life authentically. Great. But it's assuming that everybody can instantly get all this surgery and get everything done as quickly as she did. Some people yeah, wait their whole lives and never get the money for this. Well, um, I I have a decent job. I have a decent career right now. I'm not. It's it's a long story, but I'm not out at work yet. I don't know how they don't know because I'm pretty obviously trans. I have, I'm like just about double D's. 
So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how they don't know. But, um, you know, even like assuming I can keep my job, which is really complicated, um, it would probably take me 10 years to afford all that stuff. Because yeah. I basically have to buy a small house. Yeah. And so what about yeah, the average time. person? What about the average exactly. person who, you know, it, it just, it's it's heartbreaking because there's a lot of people who would love to have all the surgery and can't afford it. Hell, they can't afford a roof over their head because they're being discriminated against on every freaking level. Housing, employment, health care, it's unbelievable. Yeah, from from the moment, well, for instance, from the moment I wanted to start hormones before the moment I actually picked them up at Walgreens was five years. And that's and there what, some other based that on bureaucratic there, crap? Just money, just being able to afford it. Having a job that was good enough that I knew I wouldn't be, because you don't want to start and stop and start and stop. Exactly. But, I mean, that's going to screw up your system. Um, well, it does, and it also, there's anecdotal evidence that it can reduce the effects you get from the hormones. Oh, um, okay. And we're all Almost about the builds effects. up a tolerance to it. Something like that, yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about it. And the, the big thing, too, is because the transgender thing is so um, bad or whatever, the, the proper research hasn't been done. Like real, real proper research in, into like how you should properly do it, those hormones and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, And there's very few so, doctors, obviously, who are able to properly monitor, right? You have to be, you don't want to be in a small town. Like, I'm in a city of 600,000. There's uh, two doctors in town that do hormones. Mm-hmm. Austin, there was only, uh, I think there was four or five in Austin when I lived in Austin. Um, so it's, it really, it, it can behoove you to be in a bigger city. No smaller. Than, I would not want to be in a city smaller than the one like me personally and try to transition because you need those resources and you need a big enough city that you can kind of carve out your family, like the people that support you when you first start coming out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And did you run into any kind of issues with your family? Because that's got to be huge and there's got to be family members that don't accept what or how you feel. It it was a process. Um, I think especially because my my transition kind of stalled for a while. Um, the like I initially started coming out to my family, and then it was it was over a much slower period of time. So, you know, first they kind of got used to the idea that I was a cross dresser, and then slowly evolved beyond that. Um, to the point was now, that because you were um, evolving at the same time, or just that that was the way you it, decided to move them through it? Um, well, I initially, <laughs> the the way I initially came out to my mom and sister, I was really drunk at a play party, and I texted them a picture of me. So that was that was classic me fashion. Um, <laughs> yes, don't but, leave someone into know, it. Just just. You know, ricochet them right into it. I got you. Hi. 
But, Drunk um, texting, don't do it. <laughs> no, it's it's a bad idea. That and social media is just a bad idea. Um, oh, totally. Uh, anyway, the I kind of talked about it with my mom at first, and but the, enough time passed till when I think probably I've been out with my sister for three or four years. I've been out with my mom for like four or five months, and. I, I I came out to my mom, like I told her that we need to talk about things, went over to her house, talked to her, actually went really well. I've been really, really lucky with my immediate family, um, thankfully. And That's great. About two weeks after that, I I didn't wear a sports bra over there. I wore a normal bra, and I kind of just pushed my, my shirt back just to kind of show my silhouette. And she, she got the strangest look on her face, and she was like, wow, my sister really was the only small-chested one in the family. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. So, That's no, like, the family's been good, but it's still, it's, it's, um, it doesn't make it any easier when you come out to people. And, like, with where I'm at work, I've kind of got to draw a line of, to control it, because I've been out at work before, and you have to be, I mean, it's a fine line. I'm not going to, like, not live my life. And obviously at this point, if anyone has seen my pictures, I, I can't really hide my chest. Plus, it's summertime. It's hot. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, I don't know. It's complicated. That's got to be actually one of the most difficult things. I Like, I can't imagine anything more difficult than having to sort of segue yourself into everything just to essentially make everybody else okay with it. So now I know I'm a sadist. <laughs> What's that? No. I said now you know why I'm a sadist. <laughs> um, it's one of the things that where I I really started pushing my transition physically. Um, basically, when I, I really started pushing myself to the dom, was I accepted the fact that I do not live in the world I want to live in. That this is the world I live in, and I've got to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. So you, you can suck it up, or you can be really bitter. And I've been around enough bitter people, and they don't have any fun. Yeah. And that really is, that's really what it does come down to. Yeah. Or you move past it and know that you are okay and you kick ass and you're just going to move forward. Exactly. You have to have a kick ass hobby. (laughs) So describe what it's like to feel transgender. When did you know something was different? Um, well, I think a lot of that, you know, there's the concept of gender dysphoria, which is mm-hmm. being uncomfortable because you're, you know, you know, I was a, a woman trapped in a man's body. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was really vis- visceral. It wasn't something where I knew exactly what was wrong. Most of the time, I was just really depressed and really anxious, and, you know, I 
go to bed at night and I just felt hollow. I felt like I was playing a part. But did you know um, what it was? For a long time I didn't because I was in such denial about it. I had like moments of clarity. You know, I like when I was 13, I had like a brief period where like I kind of figured it all out. But, you know, I was in like like 1992. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a thing back then unless you were on like the Jerry Springer show. So, um, you know, I'd never even seen Rocky Horror Picture Show at that point. So I I didn't really know what it was, so I just kind of pushed it to the back of everything. And So weren't you scared? Um, that to me would be oh, scary. That's kind of why, why I went into denial about it. I mean, it's just like yeah. I couldn't deal with it. And then what, so. you try to live the way everyone wants you to live? Basically, yeah. Um, for a little while, I got kind of good at it. But, uh, like, basic training was great. I can, basic training will pretty much teach anyone how to be a guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in just the confidence and is that I got why, from Do you think it, that's but, why yeah. you did it? Um, I think it was part of the reason I was... Um, I'm kind of a bit of a workaholic, and I was really unhappy with where I was. I'd, I'd been kicked out of school. Meanwhile, um, my sister had just been accepted to, like, an Ivy League PhD program. So I was kind of like, oh, I, I need to get ah, shit together. the black sheep. Apparently. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting, though. You served in the military. Technically, you're not allowed yes. to serve in the military if you are transgender because it's exactly. based on some sort of bizarre medical regulation. But it's still estimated that over 15,000 transgender persons serve in the military. So, haha, the joke's on you. They're already there. Well, and there's, um, I don't remember the exact number, but it's about 150,000 transgender vets. Um, and I actually have a breakdown here. The um, 32% of trans women are veterans. Um, That's five and a half percent of trans men. Yeah, it's very, very high. And 21% overall general population. 19.7% of men serve. 1.7% of women. 10.4% total. Holy cow! And I didn't. But I'm wondering. I didn't do a though, lot of, do we know what age? The, I guess. Well, no, they're not going to break it down that much. Hell, you can't even get a statistic right half the time. Exactly. But well, um, it would be interesting to know if it's primarily, obviously, young men coming right out of high school who, right at that moment, you're also going through gender identity and and gender any or sexual issues, I should say, in general. You know, you're going through a whole pile of crap right then that maybe that is the reason why it's that high. Well, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, You know, first for me, um, my dad was in the Army. His dad was in the Army. His dad was in the Army. It was never forced upon me or anything like that. It was totally my idea. But there, you know, there was kind of, there's military families, even if they only do four years service or two years mm-hmm. of service. 
Um, there's also, and this is one of the, you know, the, I always say the greatest privilege I've ever had is to wear the uniform because to, for me, especially as someone that's transgender, being, wearing something like that and feeling like you belong is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually got me, like, I actually kept my uniform up on a hook for a while when I was in some of the, the less happy times, and it actually kind of helped me get through it. Um, Cause it gave, did it the, give you that that acceptance? A part of the it, it was feeling like I belonged to something bigger than myself. Plus, yeah. it gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, it was like it's it's still something I do sometimes. Like if I go somewhere or I'm going to a play party someplace I've never been before, I'll probably do the same thing at Domcon, where mm-hmm. I just take how I felt with that confidence and just try to overlay it how I feel now. I just go back to that moment to kind of take how I felt then. So you Uh, draw on that in order to gain your confidence. Exactly. Beautiful. So let's look at the word transgender. And I think because the old words were to me they feel rather derogatory transvestite all of those were all very old words that are not being used anymore but tend to fall under that umbrella do they not well there's a whole I mean there's a whole different set of I guess groups that can depending on how you view the term um, transgender that can fall under that umbrella um the way I personally view it is people that fall outside the gender binary. I know queer and gender fluid is a bit different, and I really don't know a lot about those two communities, so I can't really comment. But And you've got gender um, non-conforming, which is... Is gender correct. non-conforming the same thing as queer? I don't know. That's a, I know. I it just, no it's, it's, like, so crazy because there's... It, Sexuality and and sexual identity is so two completely different things. First of all, oh, but they're is, so totally. fluid. Everything is so fluid. Nothing is that yep. easily tied into little nice categories. No, there's no there's. It, there was a dom in Austin that was part of a program they had down there. And one of the big things they pushed in the mentors program in Austin was boxes. The human brain always wants to put things in boxes. It wants to categorize True. everything. And the fact, the problem with that is everything's a gray area. Everything's a mix somewhere in between. In fact, I, I think there was something written that, or something I read about three or four months ago about how some doctors have discovered that brains aren't even gendered. There's like nine different areas of the brain they found that could go either way. Mm-hmm. More one way might be more male, one the other way might be more female, but it could be totally different combinations of people. I exactly. Mean, my biggest takeaway from the trans rights movement for people that are cis is all it is is being able to express yourself. I mean, the, the freedom of expression, especially for women and women's rights movement. Um, and then the other thing is, especially with the amount of sex workers in the trans community, is that has to be addressed. You can't force a group of people into work and then 
hold that against them for the rest of your lives once you say, hey, it's okay for you to live now. It has to be addressed. And real quick, I didn't get a lot of information, but real quick, the intersex community kind of falls by the wayside, and that's a complete whole different thing than being transgender, but the the few inter, the few people I've talked to on Twitter that are intersex have said that basically with HB2, they just cannot use a bathroom in North Carolina at all. So do we know no the description of intersex as opposed to transgender? Um, I have a few notes. I went to, I was referred to uh, a website, isna.org, by uh, Basil Q. Um, it's like one in 2,000 people, uh, roughly. Same thing, the statistics are really bad. Um, but it's more prevalent than cystic fibrosis. Um, and the biggest thing really? is a lot of times when people think, yeah, uh, it, there's a horrible history with it. For a long time, they did like four surgeries right at birth. And they stopped doing, like, as far as I know, they don't do that anymore. But I know that that's one big thing with the intersex community was that they would do these surgeries because they, they had this idea that, if they made you look like a girl, then you'd be a girl and everything would just be okay. I've seen documentaries on that and it, it is horrible. And and even yep. for a parent, let's put your, the, the doctors that put the parent through that, okay, you have to pick now. You know, yeah. and it's like, are you kidding me? How can you pick? Exactly. Why can't you just let the child grow and become what it wants to become? Well, sometimes they don't even let the parent pick. Sometimes they just do it. It's considered a medical emergency, and they just perform the surgery. Really? That's, that's without that was, parental that was protocol. Consent. Protocol for a while. So, um, but that isn't done now. Tell me, that's not done now. I, I don't. I don't believe so. I'm sure there have got to be places in the country in the world where they still do it, but I don't believe so in the United States. But there again, I'm really. I do not know about, a lot about it. Um, I'm sure, like, the website I mentioned, isna.org, would have more information. And just, like, the – I read through the website, and they had, like, a 10, ten myths about um, intersex individuals. And, um, like, the cystic fibrosis thing was one. And um, one of the big things, too, they talked about was they're not hermaphrodites. There's no intersex people that have two fully functional male and female junk. Um right. It's it's a usually some sort of combination between. A lot of times it can be very ambiguous. Sometimes less ambiguous, but mm-hmm. uh, classically defined as not being like a standard cis man or cis woman. Wow. So. And I can't. I just. I can't imagine a doctor making that call. I. I it, I realize it, it did go on and does go on. It, it just blows my mind. It's like, you don't touch my child. Are you kidding me? No, exactly. Mind you, back well, then, apparent, this right? stuff just went on, period, whether you wanted it to or not. Yeah. 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 I have to replay with toys like lawn darts. Um, it's lucky any of us are alive. It, it really is. <laughs> it really is, you know, like riding a bike without a helmet, stuff like that. It's like unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah, what's a few concussions between friends? 
Exactly. Oh, Lord. Let's talk for a second about the bathroom since we've brought it up a few times. It's a bone of contention right now that I think is absolutely the stupidest thing to be arguing about. And I know a lot of people do think that way. Um, The consensus in the poll, obviously, I, I asked a couple of questions this week, one of which was, would you share a bathroom with a transgender person? The other one was, do you think Caitlyn Jenner has helped or hindered the trans community? Um, there was a unanimous on the poll that, yes, they would, of course, everyone would share a bathroom with a transgender person. And it really is a stupid and incredibly moot point because you're all doing it anyways. Exactly. (laughs) It's such a stupid thing to be arguing about, and it really does have nothing to do with the bathroom. It's it's just another way of suppressing. And... Well, it's, it's it's inarguably it's just beyond stupid. It just doesn't even make sense. None of that law makes sense. Well, it's 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 the biggest problem with the law is it's completely unconstitutional to actually enforce. I mean, you get away from everything. Like, else. how can you enforce it? Yeah, it's like you cannot require citizens to carry papers to to do normal activities. Now, driver's licenses and things like that are completely different because those are restricted rights. But um, just for day-to-day activity, you know, and that's that's a big thing. That's kind of like, you know, founding father's principles. That's not okay. No kidding. So what, because you and... Um... Darla were discussing it the other day and I think you hit on a bunch of really good points in that the way the bill is laid out at least the North Carolina one we know that others have been drafted I haven't looked at those it's not even enforceable right? Not really no and it's, it's honestly I don't know what happened with the Kansas bill the Kansas bill was the scary one. HB2 really wasn't as What was scary in the Kansas, Kansas one? $2,000 reward for turning in a trans woman using a bathroom. What? Yeah. I don't know oh what happened God. with it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, and you wonder why the suicide rate or the suicide hotline has increased... Fifty percent. Hello. That's exactly. that's like bounty hunting. Where like what year is this? Unbelievable. Unfreaking. I saw the commercial that was going on in Texas with the little kid in the bathroom. That was appalling. Yeah. Oh no. And this is all coming from the far right. It's all coming from religious extremists, is it not? Pretty much. I, it, it, and what's scary is, like, um, there's so much misinformation, and they've got these people making these claims. Like, there was a sheriff running for office or someone running for sheriff, I, I want to say in Texas, in Denton, Texas, that was encouraging people to attack who they thought were trans women in the bathroom. 
and someone sat him down and actually gave him like the real statistics, the real information, and he kind of had like an oh my god moment. And that's the biggest problem is there's these groups that perpetuate information that is just basically well, it's fabricated, is it not? Yeah, there's like two day. I think the yeah, it's like zero cases or anything happening with trans women in the bathroom. I mean, it's a pretty intimate place, especially for trans women. Um, you know, even if they've had uh, gender confirmation surgery, you know, they're more worried about, okay, this might be sound like normal cis woman be, because, you know, we're going to be stressed out. The last thing we're going to be looking to do is anything like that. But who in their right mind would submit to that? This sounds like a lot like the Salem witch trials, where you can point a finger at anybody you want and call them a witch, you know, and take their land. This is what I'm saying about we're not progressing here. Progressing. (laughs) This is going backwards. Uh, You know, hopefully it's like the biggest last stand, but it's it's always in the back of my mind. Germany before World War II was the most liberal country on the planet. Mm-hmm. It had an incredibly strong gay and lesbian rights movement. And we probably got someone running for president that's joked about putting people in camps. Yep. And putting up walls. Yep. So... But hopefully it's just the last gasp of all the people that aren't smart enough to come up with things that are politically correct, that are insulting. Well, and I think the entire political system has caved to the point where everybody's trying to grasp on to anybody who isn't typically political, which is the reason why Trump's going as fast as he's going, because people are fed up with standard politics the way they're sitting right now. But... You're still not thinking. You're not thinking about the bigger picture. What do you do with this no, idiot when he takes power? Exactly. And the the scary thing was, I remember looking through all the Republican candidates, and I remember, I don't remember ever seeing a field that was so far right-wing. And it was going to be like this with either someone like Cruz or someone like Trump from the start. It's, it's, just, probably, it's, it's scary. It's very scary. And everybody, when he started out with his campaign, everybody was saying to me, oh, don't worry about it. He's not going to get elected. He's not going to get the nomination. And now everyone's going, oh, shit. You can't sit back and expect this is what's important to vote. Even if you feel like, oh, my God, this year you just can't even go down that road because there's nothing there, at this point you're voting for who you don't want in. (laughs) Like, I realize that it's hard to pick someone at this point, but, my God, it just seems like such a no-brainer. Exactly. For me it is. I mean, civil rights is always – civil rights is more important than any other than any other issue I have. 
politically, I mean, it's, it's the most important thing because if you don't have rights, then what are you? You're a dictatorship and you're a horrible country. Exactly. And we had some responses on, on Twitter. Um, we'll start off with the would you use a washroom with a transgender person. Mistress Whiskey said, this shit is getting fucking stupid. You're more likely to get raped by someone you know than by a stranger, you stupid fucked heart. (laughs) Never one to mince words, Whiskey. That's why we love her, our little Whiskey Giggles. And Demon Kitty was discussing it too. She said, you know, I think it's a little weird to worry about who's using a bathroom with you. Pee and leave. That's all you need to do. I think transgender people have a hard time as it is. At least the rest of us, the least the rest of us can do is be compassionate. And the naysayers seem a little too interested in other people's genitals. That worries me more than a trans person does, which is very true because you got to wonder about the people who are going to raise their hands to do the job of checking. Exactly. And actually, Dima Kitty also brought something up today. She said she's never really considered basically who is pissing next to her. Do you know, I, 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 after she said that, I kind of went, you know, I never really thought of it either. Like, who thinks like that? Who worries about who is well, in the next stall? I, I do sometimes, like, but that's because I, I don't want them to piss on my feet. <laughs> It's such a strange thing to think about because you don't think about it. Um, Alex so, said, what bloody difference does it make? And <laughs> people really are making a fuss over nothing in the USA. Mountain out of a molehill. Now, this one is a long one. I know who this is. He is not in any way transphobic, but makes a pseudo-valid point. Yeah, I know he's going to hit me for that. But, I don't, okay, so I, I want to hear your take on this. So it's, a, it's a little bit long. He says, I'm sick and tired of this bathroom issue. You have a penis, you're a man, use the men's room. If you have a pussy, you're a woman, use the woman's room. If you don't match either of them, you choose to make your life complicated, and now you must hold it till you get home. People need to fucking learn to take responsibility for their choices and suffer the inconvenient consequences rather than make everyone else deal. It's not, as I said, it's not a choice, though. Um, it's not like they, I said, it's not yeah. like they wake up and decide this is what they want to do. Like, it's like, trust me, if they could just be the way you no, want them to be, I'm he, sure they would. It's like ridiculous. So I said, who cares what fucking bathroom they use? Because it isn't about gender, it's about sexual equipment. And with extremely very few exceptions, I have only read about in the National Enquirer, you are either born with a penis or without. That should determine your bathroom, not how you feel. What, t- what about the tons of women who just don't want transvestite men in there? Do their feelings not count? And I said, why? Because trannies bite? <laughs> where, where's he says, the no. transvestite? <laughs> um, probably only if you paid them to. Um, but here's, now here's the point, okay? Here's the point that I think needs to be addressed. 
No, because every fucking boy under 15 is going to put on a dress and head into the ladies' locker room, and you know it. In ancient Greece and Rome, there were no sex bathrooms. Everyone used the same outhouse at the same time. No one cared. Why do we have different bathrooms today? Simply put, men got tired of waiting online while the women took forever. So perhaps we should have two bathrooms, fast line and slow line. If you can't do your business in 60 seconds or less, you're in the slow line. But what, what, because now you do have that issue of people now using that as an excuse. Do you see what I, do you see the point with that one? Like, how do we now know people aren't going to be pretend to be trannies just to do weird stuff? Because the stigma is already there because it's been put out there. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, first off. It's not that easy to I, I think that that whole idea right there does nothing but discredit women on the amount of work that women put in to their self image. It's pretty obvious if someone's a guy in a dress. It's pretty obvious if someone's a trans woman, especially if they've been on hormones i mean there's there's severe pressure to pass. It's pretty obvious. There's severe pressure to pass, but at the same time, why are we doing that? What's wrong with the guy in the dress? What if he's just a cross-dresser and enjoys being in women's clothing? Are we going to oh, damn totally, him, totally too? Agree. But this is what I mean. It's like, my God, this, it's, it's such a stupid issue, and it really is the whole, you know, riding at the back of the bus thing again. Why are we doing this again? It's just strange to me. But do you think that's going to be an issue now? Oh, no. I mean... Like, we know there's a lot I can't of remember this. There. Hello. <laughs> Who are going to jump on I've, things? I've, oh, there is. But it, I don't see it happening that much. I mean, I... They could do that now. They could have done that yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. That's not something that. It's not something that just all of a sudden became available. It's not like you just all of a sudden go buy women's clothes. You know, they were illegal the before you had to get a black market. What do you think of the whole idea of a trans bathroom? I think that's worse. I. That's worse. I mean, it's one. It's completely impractical. Exactly. That's a but lot of, that's if a lot someone of tries money. to I mean, do that, because now there's a symbol for it, well, there's a bathroom symbol for it. Well, yeah, I'm, like India has a whole third gender thing, too. And I kind of find that whole thing offensive. It's not really what it is. I mean, it might be for some people, and that's great for them, but that, that's not how I feel. That's not no. how... Because you don't consider yourself something that is outside of the norm. You are a woman, period. Exactly. So it's not like you're looking at yourself as some sort of um, genetic anomaly that came out as a third thing, man, woman, and something else. You consider yourself a woman, right? You feel oh, like exactly. you are a woman. Yeah, especially with <laughs> the estrogen helps out a lot too. 
Estrogen's amazing. Estrogen is your friend. Yep, especially when it's, it's rock solid all month long. It's sanity. Except when I forget to take it, because sometimes I do that. Um, oh. And yeah. So, Lynn, you've been actually, you have been sort of subject to some discrimination in the past week. We won't get into actual details, but suffice it to say, although I'm not putting you in that same category at all, what I'm just going to make the point of, when we're talking about the fact that women of color who are transgender as well, I shouldn't say women of color, anyone of color who is transgender, you are also dealing with the being a person of color on top of being transgender. So in other words, you have two things on your plate. You have done the same thing to yourself in so much as you are not only transgender, you're not only a beautiful woman, you are in the fetish world as a dominatrix. And that, to me, is also putting yourself through even more discrimination and even more pain. Now, you like to inflict it, <laughs> not get it. What are you doing to There's yourself? Uh, I don't know. It was coming to terms with me me being trans. That was the one thing that made me want to be me. Because, you know, I'm I'm six five. My whole I've been, I think I hit six four at like maybe thirteen and a half. Wow. Um, I've always just been taller than everyone. And if you, I, I learned probably as a teenager that if you carry yourself right, you can use your height to dominate people. Yep. But at the same time, because you're tall, humans are all animals you're always going to naturally get the animal instinct of watching out for the animals that are bigger than you. So I I had to get over the fact that I was going to be on stage and I had to find that one thing that would make me be okay with the fact that um, basically I felt like any time I left the house, I was going to be on stage. And that's the one thing that makes me not give a shit. So (laughs) it's like whatever. You know, if I get stressed out, I think about that. Yeah, it's like your part that part of your personality sort of takes over at that point, right? Exactly. But isn't and that you know, hard? Because this community is not welcoming. Oh no, it's it's a process. So um, briefly what happened to you was you were pseudo booted from a website because you were, according to them, you didn't disclose that you were transgender. Is that pretty much it? Basically, yeah. And um, I should preface this with, in amongst trans women, there is a concept called a trap. And they're usually very, very passable trans women that don't say they're trans, and basically play off as being cis as much as possible. Um, whether that's right, wrong, whatever, that's neither here nor there. That is right. not really what I try to do. I'm, I'm, you know, 
I'm a trans woman. I have to, whether I want to or not, that's who I am. And right. I am sick of, like, pretending to be something I'm not. So that wasn't really what I was trying to do. And No, so that so is that what they were accusing you of? They, to a certain extent, yeah. Initially, that's what they were accusing me of. And then it was the, um, well, you know, our... The well, how they put the subs have the right to know, and it's like, well, um, and I guess at the same time, I talk about being trans all the time. At this point, I didn't have trans on my profile, but I didn't have a link back to my FetLife profile, and you know, I'm obviously trans on that. And I mean, I guess I don't really think about it. I don't necessarily. I'm I'm six foot five. If if you see me in person, I. If you know trans women, you're gonna read me. Because I'm mm-hmm. six foot five, and just with the, my proportion, um, so I, I don't. I guess I didn't really even think about it. So it was kind of a shock. I was like, "What, mm-hmm. really?" So. Well, and and really, Sir Beast said something at the time, which I think holds true, and that is, it should be between you and your client, really. Oh, exactly, exactly, and it's. Too many people but that and too many come, other people. I mean, business. that's got to be a pain in the ass because if you're trying to be passable, if that's the whole point of this, is the passability, should you then not say that you are transgender if you look like a woman? Because it's kind of trapping if you don't. Even though I know you don't think of it that way because you don't think of yourself as a trans woman, you think of yourself as a woman. So it's it's well, hard I mean, to remember that. Well, it's you know I, I I think of myself as having been born a woman in the wrong body, but I was still born a woman or genetically right. a woman or or however. Um, that being said, like the I mean, there's the trap thing. There's also the concept of going stealth, and that's when a trans woman is fully transitioned and basically lives the rest of her life as like she's a cis woman. Usually okay. breaks off from the, the trans community. Um, but, but wouldn't that be the ultimate go, goal anyways? I don't want to deny the first like 36 years of my life. I don't want to go from uh, a partial lie to a partial truth. I, I you know, if, if I'm going to put all this work into transitioning, then I'm going to accept me for who I am. But at the same time, I don't feel like I should have to advertise. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not like I keep it a secret. And kind of like, you know, uh, Sir B said, it's, it's not really any of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how I passed the damn... Uh, uh, Cam verification. Well, so, that, I, mean, that's I, I think time. that's the point maybe that they were trying to make was the fact that you're very passable. And, yeah, yeah. Moonwolf said she hates the word passable. I dig that, but that's a thing within the community itself, right? The whole passable thing. Who it, is it more is. passable and who isn't and... Well, and, and there are there are those that like to lord it over others, 
or like what I would probably get is because my makeup skills aren't all that, I'll get the the trans women that aren't aren't very passable, give me a ton of shit because I have crappy makeup skills. So. Oh my God, it's like really. Yeah. Do you not have enough to worry about that now you got to pick at each other? Unreal. Human beings are unreal. There's way too much infighting going on. Oh, there is. There is. I mean, everyone should be helping each other. Oh, well, Sir just said, Hell, if I ever met Sadie, I'd let her beat on me, and I'm not a sub. Oh, yeah, you switch and don't <laughs> go there. <laughs> I can swing a paddle really hard. <laughs> Tina Beer just made a very good point. It's too bad that what sex we are categorizes us to the degree that it does. It really is. Like, who cares? And then on top of that, yeah. what what people don't get to is, well, Okay, now you okay, so you are a transgender woman, you are a woman. Yep. And then your sexuality is not the same thing. No, it's not. It's It's not. And, it's, and people it's, don't get that. That's a really important point we should make is that your sexuality is totally different from gender identity. Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly like with where I'm at on hormones, mine is kind of like all over the place. <laughs> um, the it, it's it's not uncommon for hormones to change things, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that can alter. Like I've um, almost exclusively been with women, and I'm getting I'm less and less and less attracted to women. Are you getting more attracted to men, or just less attracted to women? The way the way I have been attracted to men in the the past is very different than the way I was attracted to women. It's not visual as much. Right. So, and the other issue I have is my height. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the, I short guys are pretty much a turn off. So I, I <laughs> being able to look someone like in the I eyes is is a is a huge thing, and this is for. As far as like sex goes, BDSM is different. But as far as like a sexual partner, mm-hmm. being able to look in someone's eyes, me flat-footed, them flat-footed, is a huge thing for intimacy for me. So, yeah, that's um, I'm actually solid right now. I'm just like not even. I just don't even want to deal with it because right. it's dating is another trans huge woman. issue. Oh my god, dating as a trans woman is a huge pain in the ass. It's a, it brings a whole new meaning to the word time waster. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, my God. I mean, there's got to be men that probably go out with you just because it's a novelty, right? Most of it, from my experiences, is guys that don't even show up. Like, oh, probably, right. you know, like you spend, like, two weeks talking to someone, you know, you think you're going to go out on the first day, and they just disappear. Um, I think some of it is people that, you know, the same thing you get in the Dom community where it's people just using you to whack off. Um, and some of the guys get, I have no sympathy for them, but it is a thing. As someone that dates a trans woman, 
or a trans man, you have the stigma of being someone that dates a trans woman or a trans man. Mm-hmm. So they have to go through all that. And I think a lot of them, you know, they, they fetishize trans women, but they're not necessarily pre- prepared for the reality. Right. So, like I said, it just simplifies things. It's a lot more fun just to beat people up. <laughs> and so tell everybody about that. You're going to DomCon, right? Yes. Yay. Which one? Which one? Atlanta or L.A.? L.A. I'll be, actually, I should be in three weeks. I should, my plane should be landing. Very I'm coming nice. in on Tuesday. Oh, I'm really excited. It'll be fun. My first convention in a really long time. So are you going to be doing any sessions while you're in L.A.? I'd, I'd like to. I don't have any booked right now, but I'm I'm definitely looking to, so... It's one of the big reasons why I'm going. So, so if someone wants to get in touch with you for a session when you're in L.A., what's the best way to do that, through Twitter or through FetLife? I, th- I think through either. Um, I definitely have more information about myself on FetLife. I am, um, unfortunately, have not had the time to make a website yet, so I've picked out it in my name. Um I did that, I think, a couple weeks ago, um, and now it's just getting pictures. Because until I have pictures, there's not really much of a point to do the, the actual site stuff. So That's I've got someone that can help me. So that that should only be like a couple hours. So very good. So what is so your Twitter handle? Sadie Sin or at Sadie Sin. So and. And it's not S I N. It's S Y N N. Correct. Correct. So you can put Sadie Sin into FetLife. Or if you actually if you go to Twitter, your FetLife is right there, they can just click on it, right? It is, it is. It's it's linked on my uh, It's in your profile. profile. Yep. And tell us about the paddles. Tell us about your Dom. Come on. I want to hear all about your inner bitch. <laughs> well, I, I've had the the opportunity, and most of my most a lot of my Seda stuff comes from the opportunity to participate in various hazing rituals. Um, some as a in a fraternity, a little bit of stuff in the Air Force, um, but that's when I started. Um, I was a, in college at a school. That You're kidding. Turned the other way. Turned the, they turned the blind a blind eye to hazing. I was an honorary member. I didn't actually go through full hazing. It's, uh, another long story, but I went through three hours worth, and then I took 20 full four slots from big fucking guys. And Which is what? My ass was... Oh, with oh a paddle? With a, with a frat paddle, with like a big ass With frat like paddle. a wooden paddle, yeah, okay. Yeah, my ass was solid black. Like the wow. the paddling I saw with Greek life at that school, like I, I haven't seen anything in BDSM that even compares to it. I saw a girl with a guy Holy off the ground. Shit. <laughs> I mean, it's all it wasn't bare bottom, so you're going through a couple layers, which does. And help, you still that yeah, hurt? That's huge. Oh yeah, it, it'll wake you up in the morning. <laughs> 
Wow. Um, but, you know, I got once I was an honorary member, I could have a paddle and swap people. So I'd get shit-faced drunk, and anyone that offered to go swap for swap with me, I would just so I could hit them. And Wow. Yeah. And who won? Fun. Oh, they usually were way better than me, but I got to practice. Yeah, and some of them, like, nice. I don't know, one guy was a... One guy was a baseball uh, a division. I was in a Division three school. He was an NCAA baseball player, so he could swing. Another guy, another guy I remember, was like a defensive lineman on Roy. <laughs> like, I had really bad choices. <laughs> Way to go. But, yeah. Um, and then I think about I – was, I was in Austin. That was when I started making them. Um, and it's kind of evolved. I've got a so did it start out as a frat thing? You were making them for the frat houses, or you you went straight BDSM? Um, actually, the first paddles I made, uh, the first part of hazing was making all the paddles that were going to be broken on your ass. So cool. that's the first paddles I made were, I think one or two of them got broken. That's And that's a whole different thing that I've never seen in BDSM that I almost kind of want to bring into is, like, breaking paddles. But... Um, it's as far as making them there, break a bull, as it, as far as it being a thing. Yeah, you just yeah. using pine and then scoring scoring the handle. Right. Pine's cheap. Um, just because it's an interesting cessation, especially like for the bottom and the top, because yeah. you're expecting to get like this thing, and then all of a sudden it's just like tap. Because when they break, you don't really feel it, especially if you've been hit a couple times. So it's kind of a mind fuck. That's really cool. That's a great idea. So, so what are they generally uh, made from? If they're not a breakable, I I have made now. Right now, the the big material I'm playing with is walnut, but all the stuff I've made is um, American hardwoods, mm-hmm. um, like poplar, alder, white oak, red oak, cherry, maple. Um, I've done a couple in hickory, um, and those are beasts. Oh my god! Um, I know the the frat. Why is that? Just because it's hard to work with that particular type of wood? Because it's just that hard of a wood. Right. (laughs) It's really hard. It's like porn star hard. Um, (laughs) Get that china brush. The the best analogy for hickory is a. Um, I've worked as a carpenter. Installing hickory cabinets, you break screws. To get the screws out, you take a pry bar, put it in between the cabinets, and hammer on it. Brand new cabinets. Won't ding them. Like, it's just a really hard wood. It's great. I mean, it's great for paddles if you don't mind it being really heavy because it'll last forever. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do you do with them? Do you put leather on? Like, do you fancy them up at all? I haven't gotten that far yet. I, and I'm more like I spent so much time just shaping them. The, um, and me, I'm trying to figure out a solution with that because I've still just gotten back into it. Um, but as a dom, I like their handles. Um, I feel like I have more control over the paddle. Right. Um, and that I can feel more what's going on. Um, 
I've looked at doing like a, a heat shrink with like a little loop, so that way you could um, hang them up. Right. Because I'm just really weird with holes and paddles, so I don't like holes and paddles. Why don't you like holes and paddles? Because I like to swing them really hard, and they tend to break if they have holes. <laughs> So yeah, I take it your favorite toy of choice is a paddle. At, at this point, there's still a lot of things I haven't been exposed to. Um, but most of the things I haven't been exposed to, even if I'm exposed to them now, will take a long time to learn. So it's a good go-to. It's a good... Um, it's pretty easy. It's fun. You know, it doesn't have to be hardcore. I mean, that's it scares the crap out of a lot of people. I did a paddle demonstration uh, a month and a half ago, and, you know, it kind of showed more of the sensation side or just using it as a mind fuck because I have paddles I make that you never could use on a bottom full force. It would put someone in the ER. But it scares the fuck out of people. (laughs) And that is three-quarters of the job. Exactly. It definitely helps them get their adrenaline up, and that's half of up space, so. That's freaking awesome. So you think you're going to, like, is this, like, a now a proper sideline business? I'm I'm exploring. I think that would be the best way to put it. I need to do, because right now it's, like, at a really awkward, like, initial growing stage. Right. Um. Because I'm actually, it's it's really funny. I have an apartment, but I can't do anything like that in my apartment. So I go over to my mom's house. And I've been cutting and chasing all the paddles at my mom's house. And there's been a few awkward situations where we've had to come up on the fly with something saying they're not paddles. But um, she's been a really good support about it and actually been kind of funny. So... I think you should be selling your paddles at DomCon, or at least demonstrating them. I'm actually taking, I'm going to be taking at least 20. Good idea. Um, I've talked with some, there's some specific doms I've talked to already that have given me some help that I'm going to uh, give one to. So, and I found that, you know, if you get, I guess my business idea is getting paddles in the people's hands that are going to use them, give me feedback, and also take them someplace where other people will see them and be like, I want one of those. Perfect idea. So if a dom is listening to this and they want to commission a paddle from you, should they just, again, get in touch with you via via FetLife and Twitter for now until the website's up? Exactly. Definitely. I'm pretty much... And you can send them, like, pictures and stuff of stuff you've done? Yes. Yeah, I've got pictures, and occasionally I do, like, the paddle horn pictures. Um, right now, I'm pretty much committed to do- to making the stuff for DomCon, so I've actually had to, like, cut back on what I'm doing for DomCon already. Um, well, if you're in the L.A. area, I suggest going to DomCon, and then you can have a look at the paddles up close. Yep. Yep. But the the DOMs are definitely game first choice. I, I imagine there's not going to be much left after the DOMs have a look at them. So. Probably. You're going to be sold out. 
know. And then you're going to have a waiting list. So you guys better get well, your hopefully. shit together and get in touch with Sadie and get your order in before she leaves for DomCon, and then those orders will come first. <laughs> 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 think, exactly. Think, think, exactly. think. Well, is there anything that you want to go over that you want people to know? Um, I don't think so. What can someone do to be a trans ally? Um, that is a very good thing because I, I, that was the one thing I, I forgot. Um, being a trans ally, like this is a good thing. If you don't vote, you're yeah. probably not a trans ally because that is a, this election is that's going to be a very big issue. Um, and I think the the way I'm saying this is I'm not trying to insult people that are trying to be allies that aren't. But please don't call yourself something or tell other cis people things about people that are transgender if you aren't really an ally because you're hurting us, you're not helping us. Well, let's stop um, for one second because we're assuming everyone doesn't know the terminology. So explain what a cis person is. Um, a cis person is a is not a transgender person. It, it used to be um, the distinction there was GGs and trans women or genetic girls and trans women. Right. But that term is, one, I think inaccurate, but two, it's also kind of saying that trans women aren't, aren't right. And I think that's been a lot of the shift in the terminology, and that's why the, the, the shift has been kind of slow, and there's been a few different ones. Is It's going from a community defined by outsiders to a community defined by those in the community. Which is good. And so there's been... About bloody time. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's basic, you know, if you know someone's transgender... Don't ask them about anything that you can't see. Like, don't ask them about their junk. Huge. Ask that them was about, huge, huge, huge. Uh, yeah. When ask you meet them, someone, do you ask them about their junk? Seriously? Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awkward. Treat them like a human being. Treat them like they are your friend because they are not freaks. And they're not different. This is what's so crazy. They're not different from you or me. So treat them like um, a human being. What do you do with pronouns? What I would I do? Okay, here's a good know. one. Wait, let's let's start with something. We'll back it up a little bit. If I don't know someone is transgender, but I suspect it, just shut the fuck up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the the burden. Of, I don't want to say burden of proof. That's their decision. Coming out is mm-hmm. their decision. Um. So how do you that. approach the pronoun thing with someone? Just wait until you hear their lead. Well, that I mean, look how the person's presenting. If the person's not out to you, and they don't pass, it should be pretty easy to figure out. Um, I mean, it's not. I don't really. I don't know. I mean, from my experience, it's it's very rarely that hard to tell 
and you can always fall back on they. You don't have to use gendered pronouns. You can be polite without using gendered pronouns. If you know, if you know the person's trans and they're out as trans, and you're confused, there's nothing wrong with saying which gender pronouns would you like me to use. That's a pretty harmless question at that point, if they're out. But um, outing people or clocking people is a frowned upon behavior. So what can they do to further themselves as an ally? So we know we want you to vote. Um, Please vote. Please vote. Please vote. I think voting is a big thing. You know, there's a there's all we could go on for like 12 hours. There's so many so much different things you could cover. So, you know, educating yourself. Um, like what I do with a lot of people, especially like subs that I'm dealing with that really don't know anything about trans women, is mm-hmm. I take them through like the 10 things not to say because you can search on Google and go 10 things not to say about trans women. Like. I'm going to get to the point where I'm actually going to physically hit someone that calls me brave. <laughs> Called you brave? But, yeah. I did. I'm sorry. I, I, just, I, think it well, is, I think it is brave, though. I think it's brave when someone is willing to discuss something that everyone else is scared to discuss. That's one thing. It's in the context of being brave just because I'm trans and I'm, you know, out. But I'm not being a home on the couch like that's the other choice. And I gotcha. Yeah, so I can see where it's insulting. It's because it's one, it's not a choice. Um, two, to me when people say that, that's like, wow, you must think your life's way better than mine if you think you'd have to be brave to live my life. But the the thing about it is that that really kind of irritates me is I know for a fact that a white person would never say that to someone that's African American. And if they did, that's the, a very, the would be that's crazy. really good. It's, yeah. It's when people say that, they're ultimately being judgmental. They're making, they've made a judgment. That's true. And if someone said, life. oh, it's, you're brave for being a woman, you would be really, you would be pissed about that. Yeah. Or you're brave for being a man. You'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I get that. So, no, I get it. Because if you sit down and think about it, the thing is, before you speak, it's better to run something through your head. <laughs> I know it's hard for me yep. to do that, but it's true. Like, try and think before you open up your yap. Because if it doesn't sound right to say it to your hetero friend, it's probably not right to say it to anyone else. Yeah. I can't. I'm a Sagittarius. I have, like, chronic foot and mouth disease, so I can't say a whole lot with that. I mean, we all we all misspeak at times, but a lot of it is having the, you know, if, if someone corrects you, you just be like, okay. Because I've had people, I've, I've gone back and forth and with people about that, and that's, I've, that's why I've gotten better at making points about it, but it's, you know, if, if someone from a minority that you're not a part of says that irritates them or that they feel that that's prejudice, that's when you're supposed to stop. 
Yeah, that's something I've noticed doesn't go on very much. When you tell someone to stop something, they have a bad habit of doing it again and again and again and again. Yeah. And at that yeah, point, I, it's open had, season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I'm a, I'm a construction worker, so I can talk a little shit. So sometimes that can be fun. <laughs> yeah, I can see how it would be. It becomes and, and I've actually like, oh my god, it's great. Because um, it's one of the things I've done at work is I've tried to make the reputation as just a really big shit talker, so no one gives me any shit. Actually, it works really well. So, what do you do at work if you can't be out at work? Deal with that in construction. Because now you have to be I, the exact opposite of what you want to be. I have leveraged myself in, in a position to get myself as far away from field construction as possible. Right. Because I do work for like a, a, a construction com- company in my trade, and most of the work is actually hard hat safety glasses on a job site with like 10 other trades. And that's what mortifies me. That's what scares me. Because I could be totally cool with my company, and I got to come out to my union, be totally cool with the union, and I could have someone from another trade do something fucked up, you know, sabotage the lift, knock my ladder over. You know, there's a million things that can happen on a job site that go bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always good about being nice. Sometimes I can talk some shit, so there's that. Um, but, you know, that's assuming my union contract has absolutely no anti-discrimination clauses. I was working with a group in D.C. I think I mentioned this. I was working with a group in D.C. to help me come out at work, and they got freaked out. Like, once they found there was no anti-discrimination clause, like, period. Um, so that's why I had to so start. So you're not I was protected by anything. I have no I would have had different protections. If it was in my um which it was supposed to be in my union contract, if it wasn't in the union contract, then the union would represent me and I wouldn't even need to get a lawyer. Mm. Which would mean that that would be really good protection. As it stands now, Iowa is one of the few states that has employment protection. So that's good, but I'm not an idiot. I work with rednecks. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they if they don't want me there, I won't have my job anymore. Right. So. So, in that respect, do you not see how someone might say you're brave for speaking uh, out and being who you are <laughs> and being authentic? Well, because being it, being who you want to be could cost you your job. You could, but it's self I mean, being living a fake life sucks, and you know, I figure at this point it's a good enough job that at least if, if I can hold it as long as possible, and maybe end up with more shoes, I'll be doing all right. And really, if we sit down and look at it properly, there's no difference between 
you being in construction and a woman being in construction, right? There isn't, no. Um, I mean, honestly, I would think that I would have, I have an advantage over almost all the cis women I've worked with in construction just because of my height. The tallest woman I've worked with in construction, I think, was like 5'7". And, I mean, I can I can almost flat palm an eight-foot ceiling. So, um, I mean, I have the, the, the height advantage and the reach advantage, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of women in construction. I think True. there's two cis women in my trade, maybe three. Wow. Um, I think there's like 150 or 200 people in my trade in Des Moines. So my tech school was like that in the Air Force. There was like at any given time like 220 guys and like six of them. God, that must be so hard because it's such a, an all-guy thing. You Is have to learn only... to sort of meld your way into it. Well, you have to have a thick skin. Um, Slightly. And I think that the, all the all the women that I've been around that have been successful either in the Air Force or in construction work harder. I mean, they have to. So, um, because there's always a spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, you get in... That's not a newsflash. I mean, that's pretty much true in every trade anyways or any kind of job with, with a few exceptions, but that's the world we live in. It is. So, on that note, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I think with that, we've covered it all. Well, that's awesome. So, if someone wants to serve the Supreme Sadie, how do they get in touch with you? We've said it several times, but um, just in case they're coming in at the end. Definitely. Check out my set life. Uh, it's linked on my Twitter profile. Um, you can send, her, uh, send a DM via Twitter, too. But I have a lot more information about me on my set life um, while I get the website up and going, which will probably be... I'm guessing in about a month, because I'm assuming I should have lots of good pictures when I'm gone. Awesome. And don't forget the paddles. Exactly. You can't forget those. Get yourself you know, a just about- custom, a custom paddle. Nothing better than custom anything. Oh, no. Custom's awesome. <laughs> So thank you, Sadie, for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. You have no idea. I'm glad that we were able to set, hopefully, a few people straight. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me and giving me a chance to get on a soapbox. You better believe it. Anytime you want to get on the box, box is right here for you. And, yeah, there's a lot of jokes in that. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Thanks, Sadie. Make sure you hit her up in L.A. at DomCon in three weeks, right? Yes. Be there. Thank you very much, Sadie. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good night.
So I want to thank Sadie for being on the show tonight and sharing her life with us as a transgender woman. I would be be wonderful if we could just skip the transgender part because really what difference does it make? I want to thank everyone in the chat room for joining us this evening. Tina Beer, Literatrix, Sir Beast, Moon Wolf, Charlene. We had a whole bunch of guests here as well. Um, I hope came away with a little bit more insight into some of the in, in, some of the issues of the transgender community, and you'll do a little more in your life to be a trans ally. Number one, vote. Um, the most important of which, let's look at this. If you see anyone, this is even more important. I would say this is more important than voting, but I could be wrong. Sadie can hit me later. If you see someone who is being bullied or harassed or harmed or defamed, stand up for them, help them fight. Don't just turn a blind eye to it. It's important that everyone is supported by someone. So if you haven't had the chance to read my article, Financial Domination is Dead on the Dr. Sue Review, you've missed out on all the fun. It caused quite a stir in the community by a group of women who think that I was somehow slut-shaming sex workers, which is nuts, considering I am one. But, hey, go ahead, have a read. Let me know what you think. Also, part two of my series, How to Tell Your Wife You're Interested in Cuckolding, will be out in Kinky Magazine by the end of the month. So have a look for that. That's kink, the letter E, magazine.com. And until next time, you guys, enjoy your differences, celebrate them, embrace them, and more importantly, celebrate the differences in others. Be happy, you guys.